You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis and uh, it's Monday. My God, in the studio today, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. We have uh, Anthony Carbonetti. He was... Uh, uh, chief of staff to uh, Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor for eight years. And, and Tony, what a mess. I mean, do you believe what happened on uh, Friday with that uh, riot down on 14th Street? John, it's disappointing to see. I mean, we've been through tough times in this country. We've had poverty lines back in the day. There's been earthquakes and, and floods and where people have to get in line for food, and they don't act like that. I didn't get my free PlayStation, and that's an excuse to riot. Was there any PlayStations, and they never came out? Yeah, what we didn't even come. And the mayor, Mayor Adams, uh, basically blamed outside agitators. Uh, then saying, arrest those guys. Yeah, and throw the book at all of them. I mean, when I saw them beating, um, you know, going after now, the cars and windows, out, if ah. people come out from out of state. To come here to make trouble. They've crossed federal lines. Then, then why, why, why are you letting them go free on a, on a, on a disappearance ticket? I saw cops using plywood as a shield because things are getting thrown. You can't throw things at cops. You should all be arrested. Oh, and and look, did you see the scenes where they're jumping on top of taxis, uh, breaking windows, destroying property? And like you said, they were throwing bottles, why, throwing rocks at cops. Why are you not people, tolerated. Because I didn't get my PlayStation. Why are you people surprised? I'm, I'm amazed that you're surprised. Look what they did when you had the BLM and Antifa riots. Yeah, the summer of love. Yes, the summer of love. They, weren't, they were standing around watching them loot Macy's. And now they want to get rid of all the Mr. Softy trucks. Oh, well, what's going is, on with that? What Mr. Softy do wrong? This is crazy. So there are some Democratic council people in New York that are saying the fight not as Russia, not the you know streets, not the border, none of those issues. The the fight is going after Mr. Softy that the truck should be electric or solar, that they've got to get rid of fuel. So they're going to blame what melted ice cream on climate change. Is that where you think this is going, Tony? What do you think? Have you ever seen where these solar panels come from <laughs> and, and where the minerals are for the electric batteries? I know. And, yes. Yes. What a bunch of hypocrites. And you, this is the focus right now, that that's where they think the focus should be? It's crazy. Let's send the city council on a fact-finding expedition to China to go to one of these factories and yeah. see how they, what they Ooh. think. By the way, a 5 o'clock today is the deadline, everybody. Uh, also in the protective order. Uh, real quick, uh, Judge, on that, this is what Trump. Look, I don't know how you issue a protective order against information that Trump is entitled to in his own defense. And he's not allowed to speak well, about it as a candidate. And we later got, on, we're we going to be talking with uh, Roger Stone. We have Roger Stone on. We have Doug Show now, and then Roger Stone. And then at the end, we got Bill O'Reilly. It's going to be a great show. Interesting things. 
Doug's show is on. Yep, exactly. Let's go to Doug because Doug just wrote a big, powerful column about the migrants. Uh, I don't know if you saw this just crossed also, Doug, um, that the migrant shelter for 2,000 men is going to start to be built uh, today on New York City's Randall Island, which, of course, Randall's Island is supposed to be for soccer fields and kids playing. But you wrote a really powerful column. Uh, you're a pollster, but why did you feel this was so important, Doug? Because the fate of the city is at stake, Rita, because we have a lot more than 2,000 migrants in our city and more could be coming. We can't afford it. We don't have space. We don't have facilities. And we don't have, frankly, either the resources or the political will to care for them. So what's the solution, Doug? I mean, you want to in your article, you basically say, okay, well, uh, there should be a march to D.C., that New York leaders must march to D.C., and you and Andy Stein wrote this article. I, I do think I would like to hear them saying to the president, yeah, I'll close the border. Your thoughts? Well, my attitude is, yes, I'm for closing the border. But we also said something else in the piece. We said, look, let's be humane. We must be humane. But we must offer, I believe, if we can't fund their care and housing in the city, Uh, or the state, or however it's going to be done, we said we must consider the possibility of offering a humane version of voluntary repatriation, saying to people, look, we understand why you came. We are very, very sad that we don't have the resources here to provide the appropriate care. We'd like to offer you a chance to go home. How many Uh, of them you think would actually take a voluntary? I mean... Uh, you know, most of them are happy to be coming here and happy to be getting whatever they can here. Rita, you have a very good life. I'm pleased with that, everybody. Uh, Judge Weinberg, I know certainly John. I'd like to think myself. But, you know, if you're living on the street, if you don't have sanitary facilities, you might think twice. It's not the bill of goods right you were now, sold. I'm, I'm watching one of the uh, TV sets in the studio, and it says liberal cities defend Anarchy in the streets. What's there to defend? What is there to defend is right. How can you defend it? The other thing we said in our piece, Rita, is, you know, if Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott want to send migrants to um, New York, uh, to Martha's Vineyard, wherever, you know what? Let's offer migrants the opportunity again voluntarily to take a trip to Austin or to Palm Beach, or to Tallahassee. Why not? Doug. They already have a lot of them in Texas. Doug, <laughs> Doug it's, it's Richard Weinberg. You and I agree yep. on a lot, but let me tell you what I and I think I have a problem with. You're never going to solve this problem until we get the border under control. They'll keep coming. I, I, I keep said coming I, for I know that. the border. I just said that. I know you did, Doug, but I'm saying none of this voluntary go back None of this sending them to Austin. Just stop it. Because right now, even if you close the border at midnight tonight, Doug, you'd still have millions of people floating around who we don't know. We don't know their criminal records. We don't know if diseases. How do the Democrats defend this? I don't understand it. Doug, I was a Bill Clinton Democrat with you. I know you were. How, how do the Democrats of today defend this? Again, Andy Stein and I were writing about the problem that exists. I've written other articles, and Richard, you can Google them, where I say, 
the Democrats have to get the border under control. So we assertively and aggressively agree with one another. I was talking about a different problem, because if there are some 90,000 migrants and growing in New York City, unless we have a strategy, we don't have a city. Yeah, and by the way, it's costing, did you see, it's $8 million a day. It's more yeah. than the budget. I mean, you're hitting on a great point there, Doug, in terms of that. We are busting at the seams. It's more than FDNY and the Sanitation Department budget combined. Yeah. Wait, wait till the, I mean, everybody uh, finds out that budget revenues are down budget, 28%. Are down 31%. 31%. Wow. So somewhere the crap is going to hit the fan. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I crazy. It already has. Yeah. And Doug, as you know, there's no one in the city council that has seen a bad day budget-wise. They they don't know what the 70s were like. Yeah. Well, I think most of us on this call, with the exception, of course, of Rita. Yes. <laughs> Much too young to remember this. Doug. Well, and, and by the way, Doug, I, I'm a first-generation American. My parents both came here. So, so I appreciate immigration. I just want it to be legally invented and organized exactly. and Did done they get appropriately. Did they, they get a cell phone and free housing when they yeah. got here? <laughs> they didn't. Doug they Jones, didn't. thank you very much. We <laughs> have some so much, breaking news right now. Okay, th- thank you, Doug. And Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now for the very latest is Roger Stone. He is, of course, American conservative political consultant, lobbyist, also hosts a great show on WABC on Sundays, 3 to 5 p.m. You know, Roger, this is amazing uh, that the special counsel is basically trying to squelch, put a muzzle on President Trump from talking about anything in the January 6th case. He filed this protective order. Uh, the Trump team has till five o'clock till, you know, this hour uh, to be able to reply. What is your read on all of this? Well, the real name of this is a gag. They want to gag him. He's a candidate for president of the United States. Uh, the irony here is they're charging him with election interference. Yet this entire prosecution is the epitome of election interference. He's a legal candidate for president of the United States. What they want to do is limit his ability to defend himself in the court of public opinion. He would not be able to go on, say, WABC radio. He would not be able to post on True Social or any other uh, network. Uh, it, it is really absurd. But you see, first they gag you and then they lynch you. Uh, this is really out of the D.C. playbook. Now, the president has said that he will move based on her background to recuse the judge, she and her husband, who's also appointed to the federal bench, major donors to Barack Obama, as well as her mother-in-law. They got their appointment to the federal bench after those large contributions. She has ruled against Trump previously, trying to keep the Steele dossier information compiled by Fusion GPS secret. So she's known to be hostile uh, to the president. She's the only judge in D.C. who gave harsher penalties to some of those convicted in January 6th related crimes than the prosecutors asked for. That is almost unheard of. So he will seek a change of of judge. But the person who decides that, Rita, is the judge herself. The odds of her recusing herself are approximately zero. My lawyers asked the judge to recuse herself based on a number of anti-Trump statements she had made. She refused. Then Trump's lawyers say they will move for a change of venue with the correct idea. You cannot get 
a fair trial in the District of Columbia where the jury pool voted 93% for Joe Biden. My jury had not a single non-Democrat, not a Republican, not a military veteran, not even uh, an independent or unaffiliated voter. Uh, Once again, though, the motion for a change of venue to say Virginia or West Virginia, that would have to be approved uh, by the judge. It's highly unlikely that they are going to let Donald Trump out of this killing field. So that means basically the deck's stacked against him. I mean, in every single different... What do you think is going to happen with the protective order? Will they I mean, put can, a he, can he appeal to the, uh, to the appeals court or the Supreme Court? Yeah, yes, he can appeal to the, to, to the D.C. appeals court. I yes. appealed my gag. They sat on it for eight months while I sustained extraordinary damage with MSNBC and CNN pounding me as a Russian spy day in and day out. And then just days before my trial, they denied my motion, saying that procedurally I needed to ask the judge who placed the protective order on me to remove it. Ridiculous. So Trump is in very much a similar situation. Except he's the president, former president of the United States. Uh, You know, I think that is an important distinction. He's an active candidate for federal office. Uh, and this clearly violates his First Amendment rights. I think any gag order violates your free speech rights. Where it, it, it's, say- it's, it's really hard to believe in the United States of America that this is happening, that uh, the, uh, uh, the present president is going after uh, the previous president and, and the leading and, candidate. And the leading candidate. It's it's un-American. I mean, to me, it feels. How are you going to also, John? He's going out on campaign rallies left and right. I mean, what is he not supposed to talk about? What's happening to him? I mean, and on the flip side, the Democrats, Roger Stone, also are pushing for this cameras in be, the courtroom. This has to be a Supreme Court. This has to be a constitutional yeah, issue. Yeah, I hope they do bring it up to the Supreme. I hope they see, they hear it, Roger. In the Florida documents case, the. The uh, the government wants to try that case in secret. I think the American people need to know everything about this. Uh, I believe that democracy dies uh, in darkness. I'm not opposed to the heavy handed tactics of these prosecutors being exposed to the entire world. Uh, I'm for as much public disclosure as possible. But if the president cannot get a change of judge or a change of venue, and if he is gagged and unable to to defend himself against the charges in public, then I think he has no choice but to appeal that. And if he loses the appeal, to try to take it directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. By the way, what about cameras in the courtroom? Because there's this letter from all the Democrats today. On the flip side, uh, you know, we're hearing something different, obviously, the protective order from the special counsel in the Trump case. But what about cameras in the courtroom? Adam Schiff and others are leading the charge. They want it to be, John, like an OJ trial, basically, like wall to wall. That's that's what it sounds like. But I say be careful for what you wish for. Real quick, Raj. Yeah, I'm not so. I think I agree with that. I think I'd like to see the American people see these thugs in action because I've been there. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, let the American people see it all. Yeah, you're right. And and defense witnesses, too. Roger, thank you. Uh, it will be interesting for sure. Roger Stone, uh, who went through a lot of this himself. Great to have you here on the show, Roger. Thank you, Roger, Great for the update. Thank you. Many thanks. Wow, very interesting. And they did their filing just a few seconds ago uh, while Roger was talking to us, responding, of course, fighting 
uh, that protective order to put the kibosh. John, we got an action-packed show coming yeah. up. Let's take a break, and when we come back, it's either Charlie Gasparino first or... And we have Doug Burgum, who is the North Dakota governor who qualified for the debates. He is on the southern border. Let's take that break. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opre ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. We got some breaking news coming in from the border, right from the border. Rita? Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now from the U.S. border with Mexico is North Dakota's Governor Doug Burgum, who is a Republican presidential candidate. He is also qualified for the first debate, August 23rd, not that far away. Uh, Governor, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Tell us what you're seeing there at the border. Well, John and Rita, great to be with you. And, of course, uh, being down here on the border, you can just see the complete failure of the Biden administration uh, to really do their job. I mean, one of the federal government overreaches in a hundred different ways. I've seen that as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, and as a governor. But one of the specific responsibilities of the federal government is national security, which includes border security. And we're down here today, and not only, we all know the, the data, hundreds of thousands in one sector, millions of people crossing the border illegally, uh, being processed and sent all over the United States, and with really no accountability to that whole thing. But then on top of that, you know, 110,000 overdose deaths last year in America, 70% of those aren't really overdoses, fentanyl poisoning, and the fentanyl's coming from China through this southern border. You know, we're taking mass casualties, and the Biden administration is not doing it. So that's why other Republican governors, myself, we've got two different units down here, an aviation group, an engineering group, helping out, trying to secure the border. The states are doing the job that belongs to the federal government. You know, I want to ask you uh, also, Governor, because you really took it to George Stephanopoulos this weekend a lot over basically the suppression of the Hunter Biden story. Talk about that, because it's like a lot of people in the media, even after the Devin Archer testimony, aren't covering it. I mean, this is a big deal to see where this goes, and they should be covering it. Well, absolutely they should, and they. but if they you know, keep talking about Trump indictments 7 by 24, there's entire you know, entire networks that have built around that model of talking about that, that's perfect for Joe Biden because we should be talking about Joe Biden's presidential campaigns are about the future. They're not about the past. And when we're talking about the future, we need to talk about how we can improve every American life, how we can bring out the best of America and how we can get our economy sprinting instead of just crawling like it is right now. But if as long as we're talking about the past, then we're not talking about record high interest rates. We're not talking about record federal debt. We're not talking about the complete failure on national security, whether it's, uh, you know, Russian invading Ukraine uh, or whether it's the the Cold War that we're, we're losing with China. I mean, all of these things go just ever even discussed and then and then throw the Hunter Hunter Biden's case on top of that, where the DOJ was essentially he had two defense teams, his own defense team. And then the DOJ was acting as a defense team in a court. And there's supposed to be one on each side of an argument, not both on the, the same side. So I think American pub- American public, the voters we're seeing in Iowa, New Hampshire, are losing confidence in 
the DOJ, they think there may be two systems of justice in our country, one for one party, one for the other. If we start eroding trust in our basic institutions, that's, you know, that's puts the whole future of our country at risk. And under a Bergam administration, one of the things we have to do is rebuild the trust in our foundational institutions. Otherwise, this is going to be the end of democracy and China will be cheering. Governor, do you have a theory, John Katsimatidis, do you have a theory why is President Biden allowing these borders to be so loose and, and just have everybody come in without any checks or balances? I, I can't make heads or tails of it, John, because if you actually cared about the people that were coming across, uh, it would be pretty simple. You wouldn't have to worry about, you know, wire and drownings in the river, whatever. You would just figure out a way to you don't have a immigration system that worked. If it's really about, oh, you know, somehow we need workers in this country, figure it out. We we have over the over the period of our of our country, including, you know, many of our ancestors figured out in this country how to do immigration. We should be able to figure out how to do it again. But under Biden, it's basically it's just wide open. Come across the the, the border yes. patrol. There's only there's only twenty thousand people in the country that work for the border patrol. That's both on the Canadian border and the southern border. Biden was going to hire 30,000 more IRS agents. That's one and a half times no. our entire border. It is a mess. No, I thought it was 87, 85,000 IRS agents. Yeah, and forget the, uh, the border. Governor, we got about 30 seconds left because we're going to go on uh, uh, break. Um, I mean, I don't mind immigration, but we don't know who's coming and going and what diseases they're bringing. No, we don't. And, we, uh, and now when 98 countries crossed the sector I visited this morning, including China, Syria, Iran, uh, Russia, all of our enemies. There's direct flights from China to to cities in Mexico now. Uh, this is a national security issue that we're going to be paying the price for years to come. Absolutely, Governor, well, Governor Bergam. Thank you so much, and God bless you. And and uh, anytime you want airtime, please call WABC. Yep. Good luck on the debate well, too. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, John. Wow. And he made it to the debate. Uh, so far, just a handful of them are there, but he's there. And he's a very impressive guy, the governor. He's Interesting. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. I understand we got Charlie Gasparino on right now. Charlie, uh, yeah, I was it. watching you before on Fox uh, News and Fox Business. Uh, uh, this uh, Teamsters strike uh, with Yellow, with the Yellow Trucking Company. What the heck is going on? 30,000 well, unemployed? The Teamsters basically put this company out of business. Um, that was it, it, company's not totally uh you know not totally uh, harm, harm, harmless here but you know they kind of a mismanaged place it's a it's a tough business the sort of type of trucking that yellow does between short distances it's it's, it's a very difficult economically to, to make money doing this uh they went on a, a spending spree a couple of years ago they had a lot of debt when um covid came you know they uh you know business fell off dramatically obviously and they needed to uh, they needed a, a, a emergency loan from the government, so they put themselves kind of in a hole. But they had a restructuring plan that could have worked if the Teamsters would have agreed to some like really what the way it was described to me, and I, even from the Teamsters standpoint because I've heard them talk about it, it was pretty mild. I mean, it was asking for productivity gains by having you know the truckers do certain things that they weren't doing. Uh, so they can save money on that. And if you know anything about the Teamsters, just so you know, uh, there was a UPS plant behind my house where I grew up in Yorktown Heights, where I worked as a kid one summer. And the Teamsters have all sorts of rules about who can unpack and 
where they could un- uh, unload certain trucks. So it's, it's a very Byzantine system, but it's designed to keep maximum employment. I know why they're doing it. But when you have a company that's on the verge of bankruptcy, which this thing is, has been in, over the years, uh, you know, you're going to have a problem. And they asked for my, marginal stuff. When they said no, you know, it was like almost it was game over. So they chose and, uh, to put 30,000 people out of work? Yeah. Now, what is, that, is that, and that's the question. What is the bigger sort of, what, what is the bigger thing that they're looking to do here? You know, what's the end game, the long game, so to speak? And the long game for the Teamsters is essentially was to negotiate a decent contract out of UPS, which I believe they just did, uh, but it's also to unionize Amazon. I mean, that's the big kahuna. And so why do you, why is putting out, uh, putting out people out of work help you unionize with Amazon? I, mean, I think what Sean O'Brien, the head of the Teamsters, is doing is drawing a line in the sand and saying, listen, if you mess with us, we'll even put you out of business. I mean, that's, that's what I've heard from people inside Yellow. They, they, listen, I was early on the story. I don't know if you saw my post column about a, about a month ago where I said that this thing was about to go out of business, and here's why, and here's the game plan from Sean O'Brien. And it was, uh, and you know, you, you always want to be first with a story. But this is a story I'm not bragging about. 20,000 union workers, 30,000 ever all workers have lost their jobs over this thing for where what appears to and be. And did the 28,000 or 30,000 support the, the president of the union that advocated that? Well, you remember, they have a lot more than 30,000 members, and they got members that they're big. They're, I think their biggest employer uh, is UPS, right? And they're all Teamsters. I mean, that was the whole thing with my old man, my father. He desperately wanted me to get the union job. To get get the Teamsters, make get the book for the Teamsters because you, you get paid well. You know what I'm saying? That's you know the the good working class wage. Um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't make the didn't make the cut <laughs> unloading trucks. What happens if Bezos decides to start his own non union trucking company? Well, that's a good question. Now, what happens if Bezos goes toe to toe with Sean, Sean O'Brien? I mean, what are they going to do? block you know entrances and things like that? I mean, this, this I mean. He, he's a pretty rough character. Read about it. I mean, something that's admirable. He comes from a union family and, you know, he believes in the cause. But, you know, there is an economic aspect here. Um, you know, companies, you know, this isn't the 1930s, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, you know, if you want to drive a truck, if you aspire to drive a truck, you know, you're in a business that is going to be commoditized. You know, try to aspire to do something else, basically. Charlie, uh, I was friends with Sheldon Adelson, who very famously had a non-union casino in Vegas. Right. And right. He, when he was building it, he said to me, you know, my employees will be happier. They won't be members of the union. And fast forward during COVID, the only guy that paid 100% to 100% of his employees was Sheldon Adelson. Oh, really? That's, yes. I didn't know that. That's, yes. I, I met Shelly a few times. Seemed like a remarkably so. In the long run, they made out, and, and they all enjoyed working for him because he treated them with yeah, respect well, and he paid them. Listen, I'm not an anti-union guy. Trust me on this. My father, local 42 uh, um, iron iron worker union, Wyalanthus union. Uh, you know, I I, I get it. Uh, but again, you know, you gotta you gotta play a long game. And unions had a use back I, in the I day, was, Charlie. My, my my father was a member of uh, what is it? Local uh, the uh, waiters and busboys. Back in the day yeah. when they were being exploited, unions had it. But now they have to ask for things for the sake of asking for things. And if they're putting well, out of business, that's not fair. The economics just don't work it's now. Not fair. I mean, you know, I, I mean, listen, I get it. Coal miners, 
We need the union for a coal miner. Yes, uh, they, they need health care. Breathing and stuff. I mean, you really need municipal unions representing municipal workers that, you know, get paid, get, get guaranteed pensions and, you know. Charlie, be, be, before, before we get off, so before we have to go to a break, uh, is there any discussions going on or, or it's over? It's over. And, you know, here's one of the tragedies. Wow. Um, Yellow reached out to uh, Bernie Sanders. He said, "Nope, not going to help you." They reached out to the Bernie Sanders people. Try to get the try to get Mr. O'Brien in line because Bernie Sanders has, has a, in with with Sean O'Brien. To nope, you guys took a loan during COVID and you took it from the Trump administration, so we're not talking to you. Then they try to work with the Biden administration, and you know, I think their political calculus is why why are we going to piss off? You know, is Bernie only a senator during Democratic administrations? He's not a senator is this, is during this Republican po- administrations. Is, is this political? By the way, I'm not making any of this up. This yeah, of course not. That is a I stunning mean, comment, so though, and- Charlie. What you just said, I mean, about the politics, that's shameful. He's only a senator during Democratic years. Listen, if this, if this wasn't the union, I mean, this is a tragedy, what happened here. Uh, and it smacks of the political correctness of, of the mainstream media. I mean, when you read the Times account, you read all these accounts of of this uh, of why Yellow fell. I mean, they spend time, oh, paragraph upon paragraph saying how many missteps the company did, and yeah, they did make missteps. Okay, I get it. And then you get to the point they they barely mention that if the union would have agreed, the teamsters would agree to a few more things, not not major stuff. I don't think they they weren't cutting wages. If they would agree to this. This thing still would have been in business. They would have been limping along, but still in business. And yet, they hide that fact because it's, you know, the yellow got a loan from the Trump administration, an emergency loan uh, during COVID. Uh, it's, you know, it's the Teamsters, and, uh, and uh, you know, they don't want to. And, and plus, there's a bigger thing going on here, which With Amazon you won't cover. They want to they, 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 they take all right, Charlie Gasparino, we love you. Thank you for bringing all Americans up to date, and we'll catch up again soon. You got it, John. Thank you. Soon. Let's Thanks, take Charlie. a break, and when we come back, we, yeah, we, have? we have Congressman Michael Waltz talking about those secret bio labs China set up in America, and also Wagner Group in Niger and all over some the very ra- hot beds. The Russians wow. are taking over Africa. They took over five countries, the Wagner Group, and nobody knows anything about it. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Everybody talking about this bio lab, uh, thank goodness, was busted. But by the Chinese, uh, they were setting it up in California. And the FBI found it. There are so many things going on overseas. And who better to talk about all this and a whole bunch of other stuff than Congressman Michael Waltz. He sits on so many of the pivotal committees. He sits on the House Intel. He also is Armed Services, Foreign Affairs. He is the first Green Beret to be there as a member of Congress. And Congressman, uh, really great to talk with you again. This is amazing. Yeah, what, did, what did you make of this lab? This is the, right here. It is in California. Yeah, and if you if you look at some of the, I would encourage everybody to go look at some of the photos that are coming out of this thing. It's it's disgusting and it's scary. Uh, they were finding literally um, storage rooms full of blood uh, of unknown origin, pathogens, chemicals, uh, and this was a this was a lab that apparently uh, 
was backed by Chinese funding and was producing pregnancy tests, COVID tests, and all kinds of other uh, 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 biological tests. So point one is just from a, just from a health standpoint, uh, it's, it's pretty scary. But this is a lab, as you said, right here in the United States that local health officials and the FDA have full access to. My point is, how about the labs over in China where we've been buying uh, all of these tests and, and other things by the millions, and we don't have access to any of their uh, any of any of those facilities to really see if they're doing what they should be doing from a health standpoint. And and so uh, you know, look, this is something we're going to look into. I've already um, sent it over to the chairman of of the coronavirus uh, origin. Uh, special select subcommittee. And uh, once again, Republicans will be on top of it. You know, I want to ask you also about all these big incursions that took place over the weekend. This is scary. 11 Russian and Chinese warships, Congressman Waltz. Uh, They're in the Aleutian Islands right near Alaska. Uh, I mean, uh, how scary is that, that they are so close to our location? We also sent a U.S. warship uh, I'm glad at least they were trying to respond. It seems like, you know, they haven't responded in the past, the Biden administration. But how concerned should we be that they're right there, right near Alaska? Well, you should be concerned from a from a couple of perspectives. One, this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, just uh, a, a few months ago, it happened. And all we could uh, all we could muster was a Coast Guard cutter. Uh, these are 11 Chinese and Russian battleships. Uh, with long-range missiles, sophisticated radars, electronic warfare capability. Uh, and it, it speaks to two things. One, uh, Biden's defense budget is retiring and decommissioning more ships than it's building. The Chinese Navy alone is now bigger than the U.S. Navy, and it's looking to be double our size by the mid-2030s at the current rate. And then two, it points to how important the Arctic is. Uh, there are, with the, with the ice. A lot treating, of oil. There's all kinds of oil and gas. There's all kinds of untouched fisheries. Uh, we have access, uh, to things like our radars, our nuclear sensors and what have you that they want. And it's new shipping. All of the new shipping they want to send over the north of Russia, uh, and, and through the north of Canada rather than through the Panama Canal and the Suez, and the Suez. And they'll be able to dominate that shipping with their Navy that's bigger than ours. Congressman, uh, last question. Africa. Yep. All of a sudden, and it's not making the front page of uh, any of the major papers, uh, the Wagner Group uh, has yeah. taken over three or four countries uh, and caught the CIA by surprise, I understand. And they're raising the Russian flag. And one of those countries is Niger. Yeah, I've actually served in Niger. Uh, it's incredibly important from a counterterrorism standpoint. They were a good ally. Uh, they would help us go after the terrorists in a big way. But more importantly is they are, as so many African countries are, is the mining and the critical minerals. Niger alone counts for about half of the uranium that goes into Europe's uh, uh, nuclear facilities. So um, we already see China dominating the world supply of cobalt, manganese lithium and now russia is trying to get in uh get in on that game in a big way they have taken over mali next door to niger and now they've moved in on 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 niger and what are we doing we're shutting down our embassy and and cutting and running uh with, under under this administration I mean, how can we Look, be caught by surprise on that need. one without these critical minerals 
we cannot have semiconductors, electronics. I mean, everything we need to uh, make our modern economy go is right there. And for all of the liberals out there feeling good about driving their Prius, it li- that I should send them to a Chinese-run mine in Africa mm-hmm. or a Russian-run mine in Africa, throwing 12-year-old boys down the holes to get the raw materials out. Just in Congo alone, they estimate 10, over 10,000 child deaths per oh my year. God. Wow. Pulling out, the, pulling out the minerals that go into all of the EVs that everybody feels uh, so good about. That's what I said earlier. You know, Send the city council. Uh, well, Congressman, thank you. Please keep us posted, too, especially you've been there right there on the front lines. And thank you for your service, Congressman, too. Thank Will you. Will do. All right. We're in the fight. Thank we you. are. Thank you, Congressman. And, and now we have Dr. Peter Mihelos and disease coming from the borders, maybe. Uh, Dr. Mihelos, uh, I understand uh, uh, we got problems in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was actually just having a discussion here with Dr. Magdalene in Southampton about Hansen's disease, which is the other name for leprosy. And it turns out that Central Florida is the capital of leprosy in the United States. Thank God in the United States, there's only 200 cases worldwide. There are 3 million cases. And the number one place in the world that has it is India, then Brazil, then Indonesia. But we're starting to see this uptick in Central Florida. And interestingly enough, the animal that carries leprosy uh, is the armadillo. And uh, they're finding more and more cases in Central Florida. And yes, it doesn't really start uh, from within the United States, but sometimes it can be brought into the United States. It's, it, by the way, it's uh, very infectious, right, uh, Dr. Mihilos? Uh, it's not actually super highly infectious. You have to have direct contact, and it, and it is a skin disease, and it, it can be disfiguring. Who's handling an armadillo? It starts, well, actually, there were people who handle armadillos in various uh, zoos and sanctuaries, and those were some of the cases. And you get discoloration of skin patches, dry, thick skin. And the pro- uh, thank God we do have triple antibiotic therapy, and they give three different antibiotics at the same time to knock it out. It could take up to six months uh, to treat it. But it is alarming that we're seeing these uh, increases in various infectious diseases like RSV, there's an uptick in the United States, but I think more alarming are the 175,000 cases of new syphilis that are occurring in the United States and the fact that we have a supply and uh, shortages in our supply chain for some of the antibiotics. And we're seeing some new uh, antibiotic resistant cases, which is uh, quite interesting. And the national security issue is our supply chain, and we need to start making our antibiotics here. We need to develop the next generation of antibiotics and uh it's important that people get checked out and people who are coming in through the border or in our prisons we have to do screenings just like we did in ellis island for years people who come here um, legally who come here as refugees and they have to go through an intensive process and vaccines and and medical evaluations and examinations so it's important for everyone's health for the people coming in uh, that we have to treat with we, we said that doctor yeah. we said that many times along the Texas border if we're going to let people in might as well set up Ellis Island type operations where they can check these people and they can't bring your pet armadillo <laughs> yeah. no, listen, that's a new God, one we're right in America we're, we're innovating and we have access to all these wonderful treatments not like the old days and imagine there are three million people in the world disabled from leprosy as we speak in these modern times. And the other uptick we have to watch out for is TB. Because if you have somebody with TB and they're on a subway car, guess what? You're going to start seeing cases of TB, which we're noticing increasing 
according to New York City statistics and other areas of the country. Wow. But uh, but Central Florida is the hot spot. They're they're almost saying that it's the, the endemic. It's endemic in Central Florida. But hopefully, it's what, what's the, what's the, well, I got to look up that name in the dictionary. What's endemic versus pandemic? pandemic? Well, it just it just means that endemic means that it's isolated, specific to that area, and it, we, we, it right. sort of became part. It became part of our daily lives, just like uh, certain diseases. Understood. I mean, I'm a college dropout, so I, mean, <laughs> I didn't graduate. So. Thank you, Dr. Mihalos, and uh, we'll catch up with Thank you right. soon. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Bill O'Reilly and see what's on his mind. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. So much going on and a lot of tension, of course, uh, to Trump and also Hunter Biden. And joining us to talk about that and so much more is mega best-selling author Bill O'Reilly. Of course, he hosts Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night on WABC Radio, 9 to 10 p.m. Uh, Bill, uh, so much going on in the news. Take it away, my friend. All right. Tomorrow is the 49th anniversary uh, Richard Nixon's resignation. Um, those of a certain age who remember, he went on television and said, look, I got to get out of here for the good of the country. Um, he would have been impeached and convicted. Um, the first president ever to be booted if he had not resigned. And basically what President Nixon did was he tried to cover up the Watergate break-in. A bunch of thugs went into the Democratic headquarters to find dirt on uh, Nixon's opponent, George McGovern. Uh, They got caught, and um, Nixon, he wasn't behind the strategy to break in, but he did know about it and uh, tried to cover it up. So that was that. And uh, now we have uh, the Donald Trump situation, but there's a big difference um, because all of the 77 felonies that uh, Mr. Trump has been charged with, all of them are generated by Democrats. Whereas the Nixon situation was a bipartisan, hey, you can't do this. When Nixon resigned, his approval rating was at 25%. And those are just the fanatics who, you know, no matter what, they're going to go along with their party. But for Trump, it disturbs me When I look at these indictments, that 77, come on, you know, that's talk about overkill. My God, not to say that I'm acquitting Donald Trump of anything. He certainly should have handed those classified documents back when asked by the National Archives. That was a foolish thing that he did. Um, And with the January 6th stuff, if you can get people to say that Donald Trump sincerely knew what he was saying was false, then he's, uh, he's going to be in trouble. But I talk to the man on a regular basis, and I can tell you this, from the very beginning, he was adamant the election was fixed. That's what he believes, because he wants to believe that. What is uh, Vice President Pence going to say? On Captain Cosby. <laughs> What's Vice President Pence going to say? I don't know what he's going to say. Uh, he did the right thing. Um, look, Vice President Pence's job was to go certify the electoral votes. In the federal court system at the time, January 6th, 
2021, there was not one federal action considering voter fraud. Not one. So what was Pence going to base not certifying the election on? If he had not, if he had gone in and said, no, we're holding the election up, the Supreme Court the next day would have said, the next day, you can't do that. There's no evidence that would compel you to do that. Pence knew it. He had to do what he did. You know, Bill, I want to ask you your thoughts on this uh, protective order because the Trump team just filed their response to it. Uh, this is on, of course, the January 6th case that uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, said uh, there should be a protective order. So basically, Trump can't talk about the case, can't talk about certain evidence. And, uh, of course, the Trump team saying this totally violates the filing just came out a few minutes ago saying this totally violates First Amendment. He's a candidate. He's the leading candidate on the GOP side. He's campaigning. Uh, what what's your reaction to all this and where do you see that going? Because, I mean, how can you campaign if they're trying to put a muzzle on you? Well, number one, Jack Smith is a is a sissy. Am I allowed to say that word, sissy? Yes, you very much okay. can. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's not one of the seven words. <laughs> yeah, oh, you say bad things about me. Oh, oh, hey, come on, man up. Trump has the right to say whatever he wants to say. He says he's not guilty. He thinks that the special prosecutor is a thug carrying out Democratic wishes. And he can't say that? Come on, this is ridiculous. I agree. It, makes, it makes Smith look bad. It makes him look bad. Like Smith can go in with 77 indictments, and Trump can't say this is ridiculous, and I think that Smith is in the tank. Come on. It is crazy, so, Bill O'Reilly. But where do you think the judge is going to rule? Because the judge, uh, it doesn't look like she's super friendly to Trump, Bill O'Reilly. It doesn't matter what she rules because she's got to get off the case. The venue's got to be taken out of Washington. And if she um, rolls out an injunction that violates Donald Trump's freedom of speech, that'll be in the Supreme Court. See, the Supreme Court is off for August. They don't come back till late September. But there'll be an emergency something. I mean, what is it? I, I agree. It doesn't matter what, what the judge says. He's going to violate it, and his, the judge is not going to put him in jail. Yeah, I mean, it period. Have, and, but the judge actually said that. I couldn't believe that, Bill, that the judge did say that in the hearing. Well, you could be held. I mean, you're talking the former president of the United States. It's a ridiculous claim. I agree. So the Trump lawyers are, are kind of doing the right thing here um, by making their opposition look foolish. But Trump himself stopped the thug business and all. That doesn't do him any good. You know, you were the president. Be presidential. Make your case that this is unfair, that you are not guilty. But name calling and any kind of veiled threats, if I get uh, reelected, then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. That's not helpful to the country. Yeah, I agree. By the way, Bill O'Reilly, your thoughts on all the Hunter Biden stuff, um, because Comer says he's going to come out maybe in the next few days with some more bank records tied to Kazakhstan, Russia, Ukraine. Uh, by the way, uh, officials from those three countries were at the dinner in D.C. that Biden was at. Uh, so where do you see all the Hunter Biden stuff going? Because some of the other media aren't even covering it. No, and they won't cover it. 
but I don't like to speculate. All I can tell you with certainty, Rita, is that I never gave Hunter Biden anything. <laughs> you did not buy a piece of art? Come on, Bill. No, Maybe I, didn't a send, I didn't send him a Team Normal hat. What about a Porsche? A new Porsche. To the, to the O'Reilly Sid show on October 27th. I never gave the man anything. That's all I can tell you. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Now, do you think, by the way, the GOP is going to push for an impeachment inquiry? Bill, what do you think? I think they'll knock off Garland first, Merrick Garland. And I don't think it would be wise for them to impeach President Biden until they have a bigger link um, to his financial circumstance through his son and his brother. But they're on the road. Bill, it's Tony Carbonetti. Do you think Trump shows up for the debate on the 23rd? I told him very respectfully that he'd be... It would be a mistake if he did. Why if does he, he did. want to get involved with that mud fight? Why does he want to let Chris Christie wail on him all night and Nikki Haley? Why? Why? You're on the defensive for the entire 90 minutes. Why? Why would you want to do that? You're way ahead in the polls. You don't need yeah, it. They're all, they're all going to throw dirt on him. Yeah, he's so far ahead in the polls. I mean, he's the latest number. Did you see the, some of the real clear um, uh, politics bill, the, you know, which is the average? Is you, it's yeah, 53%. So, DeSantis is 17%. When given sound political advice in the past, he has chosen to do just the opposite. So what <laughs> do you he think he does? will this time. <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, no I've been listening what. to you tonight between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on WABCradio.com and on 770 on your dial and BillOReilly.com. What are you going to talk about tonight, Bill? Well, we're going to get into the uh, Democratic machine with the media accomplices really trying to alter the election of 24. There's no doubt they're doing it. We'll be tuning in. Bill, thank you. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. Hey guys, we'll be listening tonight. Absolutely. And guys, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.